Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. So when you hear that word sabotage, um, what do you? What are some things that come into your mind? I, I think of like maybe like a, a war movie or maybe uh, someone that, you know, you can think about they, they have, they look the same as the team, they act the same, they are doing the same thing. You know, I immediately think of like in a submarine, right? Everyone is trained to do everyone else's job. But someone that works with sabotage or saboteur is someone that, ah, there we go, there we go. Someone that's a saboteur is someone that thinks differently than the rest of the team. Their intention, their actions are only destruction. So they're looking the same, they're acting the same, they may even be speaking the same, but a saboteur is one that is looking to inflict destruction, okay? So when we think about uh, in the spiritual realm, a saboteur, we can be saboteurs, can't we? We can sabotage uh, ourselves. We can sabotage um, people. Even unforgiveness could be an action or an act of sabotage, right? But I want us to consider this that, uh, and when you look here at Jeremiah with me, Jeremiah 24, verse 7, that God has a plan so that we do not live in sabotage. And uh, a couple things we could say about sabotage is intentionally pulling apart something that is in good working order. We could say that could be sabotage. Something's working, something is uh, functioning well, something has an anointing, but someone with a critical spirit can be like a saboteur. They can come in and start pulling apart things and uh, criticizing uh, rather than looking at the whole. Uh, another action of saboteur could, sabotage could be to imagine a negative thing that is not part of a present reality. Okay? So think about that. Imagining a negative thing that's not part of a present reality. Now, we've all heard the, the, the statement in Psalm chapter 2 that they imagine a vain thing. The heathen rages and they imagine a vain thing. What's imagining a vain thing is seeing something that's not there and acting as though it's there, right? This happens in our life and that creates sabotage. It's like putting a wrench into a good working engine. What happens? The wrench is not supposed to be there. But when the wrench goes into the systems and the, and the cylinders, it stops something that's working and actually breaks it down and the whole thing is destroyed, right? That's what happens when we imagine a, a negative thing, right? Like imagine this. You could be loving somebody, serving somebody, um, caring for somebody in your heart and in your motivation, but they have an evil eye. And so they're interpreting everything you're doing, thinking you have pretense, but actually it's an act of love. 
That's a saboteur, okay? How about this? To disregard the good and focus only on the bad, right? To focus on the good and to only consider the bad, right? Well, look at this in Jeremiah 17. We see an example of this. We see an example of this, right? Like, this is why we train our minds and our hearts, not only our thinking mind, but our thinking heart, our thinking heart with God, right? This is where the Word of God is so important. Um, we see this here in Jeremiah 17, um, verse 6, For he shall be like a heath in the desert and shall not see when the good comes. Do you know anybody like that? Every time you talk to them, it's always about what's wrong or what's bad or what should be happening, right? The critic, right? That is a saboteur. Now, for sure, we can improve all things, and criticism is good as long as the person giving it is wanting to be part of the solution. By the way, I don't listen to people that just criticize and are not part of the solution because they have no skin in the game. But if you prayerfully want to be with me and, and, and function and uh, have skin in the game, then, hey, I'm all about your ideas, and let's pray and see God bring them to the past. But if someone's just going to throw rocks from afar, I'm not interested, right? Because that's sabotage, right? So disregarding the good, where is God in our, in our lives? That is a way to stop the saboteur. And I want us to think about the saboteur today as our flesh, the devil, and the world, okay? These are the three obvious saboteurs. But we can be our own saboteurs, right? We can literally have so much good around us and focus on the, on the 1% or 2% that's bad. What happens? Well, the dominant influence will dominate my mood. That's what I want you to get today. The dominant influence will dominate my mood. That's why influence is so important in our lives. That's why we are feeding on the Word of God on a daily basis. Why? Because my dominant mood will uh, be the fruit of a dominant influence. Now, you can't see the wind, but you can see the effect of the wind, correct? You put things in the freezer, right? You can't see the cold air, but in maybe 30 to, 30 to 60 minutes, you're going to see whatever was uh, not frozen is frozen. Because the influence or the air environment is below zero. It's the same thing in our lives. It's that the dominant the influence, what is influencing my life? What is influencing my life, right? That will dominate my mood. So if my feelings, which don't think, they just emote and respond, if they're not governed by the Word of God, my feelings will be a saboteur. My feelings, my perception... By the way, we're in a world today where it's all about perception. Not truth, but the perceived truth. And that is exceptionally dangerous, right? So, you know, we've all seen in the movies, right? We've all seen the, the saboteur. They've got that little look on their face, and they're just looking for the moment to hijack the thing that is, uh, is good, right? As Christians, we, we always want to be aware of a lie, the lie, right? The thing that is so close to the truth, but is still a lie, 
those are the most effective saboteurs, right? And this is where we're in a day and age where people are general in their Christianity. They're very general. They're paraphrasing, right? But precise truth uncovers the lie. Amen? So, a heath in the desert, right? They don't see when the good comes. That's a, that's a tragic thing. All right. All right. Uh, last, the fourth thing I want to talk about as far as the saboteur is when we focus on the bad and it starts to unravel the good, right? So let's say someone comes to church and they're all focused on the, let's say, oh, that person didn't say hello to me or uh, I didn't really like that song or there's some sort of like preference that wasn't met. And all of a sudden, I begin to focus on that, and I don't hear the message. I miss the life of the body of Christ. I miss what the Spirit is saying to the church. What happened? The devil sabotaged my day at church. Okay? There's hope. That's the bad news. You want the good news? You want the good news? <laughs> it's all good news, actually. Jeremiah 24, notice this. So we have a thinking brain, but what feeds our brain is our heart. So we must have a thinking heart, a heart that in uh, Psalm 51.8 has the truth on the inward parts, a heart that is operating. Actually, before we go to Jeremiah, I'm sorry, Jeremiah is going to come, but look at Philippians, Philippians 4.8. This is our thinking heart. Okay, because the devil's plan every day is to circumvent, to erode what the work of God is in our life. Acts talks about it in chapter 23 that he is wanting to pervert the ways of God. What does that word pervert means? It means to twist to another destination, to change its original form. Okay, I don't know about you, um, we want to focus on what God is doing. God is good. Is life good? Sometimes. God is good all the time, right? Is everything happening my way? Not necessarily, but God is good. So I focus on God and His goodness, and then I'm able to find the good in my present situation. I'm not sabotaged. I'm not circumvented. I'm not misled and letting things lead us that are meant to lead us into trouble, right? Well, Philippians 4, 8, a verse I think about a lot. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report. If there's any virtue, are all these things found in the mind? Not necessarily. These are all actions of faith. These are all really direct, directly related to the fruits of the Spirit, all of them. So my thinking heart teaches my mind how to think and shows my body how to act, right? So we're able to discern the lie. We're able to address anxiety. We're able to not be a prisoner or a hostage to people's fickleness, right, to people's preferences, like, um, in that we don't have to be hostages to people. Isn't that good? We can love people. All right. Philippians chapter, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 24. I want to give you some good news. So how do we, how do we have a thinking heart? And maybe that's, I don't know, it's kind of a new, maybe it's a, not new to you, but in my mind it's, it's hitting me in a new way. 
how do I think with God in my heart? Because my heart, out of the heart, comes all the issues of life, right? How is it that I don't despise my spouse, right? How is it that I can forgive my enemy? How is it that I can lay down my life uh, for those that don't deserve it? Well, we have a revelation in our heart of what Christ did to us, so it trains the way we think so that we're acting based on the principles of Christ, right? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what feeds my mind? Our heart feeds my mind, right? Our heart does. So this is why we guard our heart with all diligence, 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 diligence. Why? Because the devil's trying to sabotage the work of God, the work of grace, the work of love, the work of truth, and to get us occupied with things that will uh, be of lesser uh, temporal value, right? That's why an eternally minded person, that it's, it's not something that we necessarily learn. It's something that is eternally shown to us. It's awesome. It's amazing. Okay. 24-7. Look at this. It's great. So how do we have this heart? God gives it. And I will give them a heart to know me. Isn't that a great verse? Lord, I want to know you. I'll give you a heart to know me. I will give you a heart to know me. That I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God. And for they shall return unto me and their, with their whole heart. Being double-minded is a great environment for sabotage. All right? How about when we go through a trial, the devil will say, no one knows what you're going through. Nobody cares. Nobody understands. Those are all ways to sabotage. It's like, wait a minute, God knows. And as we call and reach out, the body knows. And ultimately, God knows our heart and our thought afar off. Look at Ezekiel. A couple great verses here. Isn't that a great verse? I will give them a heart to know me. Lord, I want that heart today. I want a heart to know you. I don't want to know you based on my calculations, my experience, my perceptions. God, help us, right? Making God in our own image. That is a sabotage, right? I, I had somebody say this to me recently. Like, if God is so good, why does he send people to hell? Okay, that's a, that's, that's a, a statement is a natural perception that on so many levels is wrong because God doesn't send anybody to hell. Right? It's true. So we can lovingly explain to them what hell is about and I'll lovingly tell them who the character and nature of God is about. Right? So it's an opportunity. All right. Look at this Ezekiel 18. Or I can just give you these verses to look up. God will give you what you and I need so that when the devil, the little villain is there behind the scenes... Sounds the same, looks the same, acts the same, but the mindset is destruction. Like the devil's not our friend. Our sin is not our friend. Um, the world is not our friend. Why? Because they're, de they're designed to sabotage you and me. You know, I love something that was said recently. It's like our trials train us. Our problems train us. How do they train us? They train us how to, get to, how to get a hold of God, right? God, how do I get a hold of you? <laughs> like, we're, we can be like a bunch of crybabies, right? 
And God's like, I must bring you deeper. I must bring you deeper. All right. So uh, Ezekiel 18.31, again, I will give you a new heart and I will give you my spirit. God, change my heart. I don't want to follow my heart. That's a disaster, right? Because I'll wound up saying evil is good and good is evil. That's what will happen. I will sabotage myself because my flesh is wicked, right? Ezekiel 11.19, I will give them one heart and I will put my spirit in them. This is what we're talking about. This is the Christian life. Otherwise, I'm a general Christian with no power. And, I've, and I'm, there, I'm there all the time with you and saying, God, I need your heart and I need your spirit. I'm saved. Ephesians 1.13, we're sealed. But somebody asked me recently, like, where's the power? The power is right here. God, give me your heart. And I want to fellowship in Ezekiel 36.26 with your heart. That's where the thinking comes in. How do I feed my mind? It's what I put in my heart, what I'm receiving, what I'm believing, what I'm fellowshipping with. Why do we have church three times a week? Why do we have something that goes on every single day of the week? This is a very unusual treasure in our lives to feed our heart, to feed our heart, and to make us more like Him. Amen? Jeremiah 31, 33, I will put my law in them, and in their heart I will write it. I will be their God and they will be my people. What a great promise. Do I keep the law? Well, I can't keep the law unless it's written in my heart. And it's not the Ten Commandments, even though that's a great uh, example of boundaries and civil, civil law and it's holy. But there's something much greater, thank the Lord, the royal law of love. How can I love my neighbor? How can I love my enemy? How can I love people that, um, and pray for them that oppose the things of God. The devil says, you know, give evil for evil. What is that? That's sabotage. If I give evil for evil, there's no ministry in that, right? There's no ministry in that. Where's the ministry? Sometimes we become a victim to help people live in, in victory, right? Does that make sense? The thinking heart, the thinking heart. There's a thinking heart. Okay, I'm going to close here. Um, this is such an interesting point. Jeremiah 32. You have any saboteurs in your life? No, nobody? You're most blessed. We sabotage ourselves, don't we? We shoot ourselves in the foot and then we try to walk out the door. It's like, what is that? Believing the lie, believing something that doesn't represent God. Believing something that does not... When someone says something to me that's off the wall, I just say, show, show, me, show me in Scripture what, you're, what on earth you're talking about. Show me in Scripture so that I can understand with you. And you know what happens? Like, oh, no, it's my experience. Or, oh, no, it's what I feel. This word, what I feel. I'm scared of those words. What I've, my feelings lie to me every day, right? I have to say, no. You are my, I am dictating to you. You're not dictating to me because otherwise we wouldn't get out. We wouldn't get to be, out of the bed in the morning, right? <laughs> right? It's true, right? Depression is a real thing, right? Oppression, compression. Compression, my world is closing in all around me. 
Really? That can happen when we're being sabotaged. But we can think with God and say, Lord, I am but dust. And God says, let my love release you from your prison. Let, me, let my love break through the wrong self-identity, the, the wrong self-image. Uh, my past can be a saboteur, can it? Oh, my goodness. Can we change our past? What do we do with our past? Cast it, right? Are there fragrance of memories? Sure. But am I going to let something from yesterday dominate today? My question to you today is, what is your dominant influences? Your dominant influences will greatly impact your dominant mood. Like my son, has, and this is something that's always like is a full-time job. It's like, what is my son, what is he exposed to? As we get older, we get kind of desensitized, right? But we want to ask ourselves, what is the influences in my life? I want the influence of the Holy Spirit, right? To penetrate, to permeate, to saturate, right? All right, I know I'm speaking to the choir here. Jeremiah 32. Literally, I am actually. <laughs> Look at this verse, 32. Okay, 32:39. This is so good. I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever. Isn't that good? Forever. That's a good how I kind of had that little getting getting Pentecostal here. All right? Forever that they would do what? Fear me for the good of them and for their children after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them and I will not turn away from them to do them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts that they shall not depart from me. What is the action here? It's God putting in our hearts what we so desperately need to feed our minds on that will direct our steps. If my heart is wrong, my head will be wrong, and my feet will be wrong. My way will be wrong. But you know what God says? I, that's why I want the Spirit, the Word of God, the, uh, a Spirit-filled body member, my meditations. I want that influence to dominate my... Because we, we're moody. We get all kind of tweaked, don't we? I remember something happened last night. I got some information, and it just kind of set me off for a little while. And I thought, why am I in such a bad mood? And the Holy Spirit said, it's what you're thinking about. It's what you took in and did not have go through the filter of of the Word of God. It's like, wait a minute, okay, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait a minute. So I don't want someone to steal my joy, right? I don't want someone to sabotage my joy, amen? It's like the same thing in a, in a relationship, right? When you're having a dialogue with your spouse. She's not your enemy, or he's not your enemy. You guys are on the same team, right? It's like, I'm going to win the argument. I'm going to I'm going to have a knockout, drag-out fight. And, and, and all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, we're on, the same, we're on the same team, right? So who loses? We lose, right? But in Christ, we may lose the argument, but we win the heart. How can I win the heart? How can I, how can I circumvent the sabotage, the saboteur, and say, okay, God, presenting truth will identify the lie. Presenting truth will expose the destructive behavior. Uh, presenting the truth, living the truth. We're meeting with a couple for premarital counseling, and it's like 
they've been in the ministry a long time, and I just said, you know, demonstrating the truth is so powerful in your relationship, and that can't happen outside of a relationship with truth, right? So just to encourage us today, um, let's identify the saboteurs, amen, and say, nope, you're not going to blow up this boat. Nope, you're not going to steal from me. Um, you know, nope, we're going to live in the life of Christ, and Christ will add, he's going to add all that we need in Ephesians 1-3 to live in godliness. So everything that pertains to life and godliness, God will add, right? It reminds me of a funny story. I remember a guy was dating a gal, and he says, I just want to test the relationship. And I said, oh, really? I said, I said what did you do? He said, I want to test the relationship so that, just to see if it's of God. And by the way, you want God to test the relationship. You don't want to test the relationship, right? Right? Most of us are married here. So anyway, this guy says, I'm not going to talk to her for 30 days. I said, oh. I said, how did that go? He didn't talk to her for 30 days. I just want to test and see how spiritual she is. So I said, I don't know if I like that. I don't think it's a good idea. Anyway, he ignored and did it. And guess what? I, 30 days later, I said, how's it going? He said, oh, we're not together anymore. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's not good. Uh, but the point was he did it and sabotaged his relationship. Fortunately, they did, some, they did some heart work and things came back together and he learned that the hard way, but, and they're married today, thankfully. Uh, but what happens? We can sabotage. Unforgiveness sabotages, right? My expectations can sabotage if they're not based in Christ. So I just want to encourage our hearts today. Let's, let's um, be encouraged today. As God puts in our heart what He wills, then we... There's no saboteurs. Amen? Father, thank you for these thoughts today. Help us to uh, just live in the power of truth today and um, not live in perception, but help, help the dominant influences. May they be spiritual. May be, the, be something that adds to our life. And may we uh, quarantine and resist those other influences that lead us from Christ. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.